It's the bottom line on News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA. Rob Francis said Dawson hanging with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Welcoming into the program, Senator from the 9th Legislative District, Mark Schessler. Good afternoon to you, Senator. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. Hey, good to be back with you and your listeners. So let's start off with some good news, Senator Schessler. Your bill offering property tax relief uh, for residents that were impacted by wildfires was signed by the governor. Well, you know, we have to take our victories where we can get them. And as a couple of folks across the aisle that aren't always in agreement with me said, it could be our district next that has, you know, fire, other natural disaster. And uh, we did really well. We got it passed that anybody that lost a home to a natural disaster in that window is set for three weeks or for three years of property tax relief, which... Uh, isn't a lot, but some of those people in Malden and other places really didn't have much in the first place. No, and, and even some aspect of relief when it comes to your property taxes allows you to take that money and put it in other directions to be able to help you bounce back. Well, and, uh, you know, Representative Schmick uh, formulated the idea, and we worked together on getting uh, debt repayment of their USGA water system loan because 80% of the ratepayers don't need a hookup now because they're not there. So uh, giving that little town a little bit of relief on their water rates, uh, some help on property taxes to people that whether they owned a site-built home, manufactured home, uh, they needed a break. And to be fair, we did it for those people in Lincoln and Douglas counties as well that were impacted. We're talking with Senator Mark Schessler from the 9th Legislative District here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. Uh, now, Senator, one of the other things certainly we'd like to discuss with you, I mean, it was it was definitely a long session, or it felt longer than it may have actually been. Um, a lot of things certainly caught the, caught the eye of many residents, particularly in eastern Washington, and one of the recurring themes was the fencing that surrounded the Capitol campus uh, since really right before session began all the way through until yesterday when the fencing was removed, interestingly enough, after the legislative session has ended. Well, the whole thing was very expensive to the taxpayers, not a serious threat to people that really wanted to crash in if they did. And what was interesting to learn was, who actually authorized it? Uh, some thought the governor did. Some thought the state patrol did. But the actual order to take the fence down and send it back to the rental company came from the unelected enterprise services. And that's just wrong. Uh, the fence was a waste of taxpayer money. There was no threat. In fact, the new house building where the Senate Republicans reside wasn't fenced. We didn't notice and we didn't care. So it was an unnecessary expense, but then finding out that unelected people at Enterprise Services had the power to put it up and order it down should disturb anyone. 
We're talking with uh, Senator Mark Schessler on the bottom line here on News Radio 610 KONA. Uh, Senator Schessler, uh, yesterday, uh, Governor Inslee uh, put a pause on all of any movement for any county. Uh, a lot of counties we know, a dozen or so, were in danger of moving backwards. He puts a pause on to see if cases might plateau. This first, I want to get your reaction to that, because on its surface, it seems like uh, it was probably the the prudent move, uh, both from a science standpoint and, dare I say, even a political standpoint for the governor to do that. Well, this was a matter of political science, plain and simple. Uh, The governor may not be good at some subjects, but political science he is good at. And the fact that Two big blue counties, one light red county, were in the crosshairs of shutdown going into Mother's Day weekend, uh, was purely political science because the governor had been passionate that it was all based on science. It was all based on science. Well, we know what science drove this decision. I welcome it. But clearly, when the largest county in the state that's gotten very blue and another large county in Puget Sound was impacted, uh, we saw what happened. Whereas you go to Pierce County, which has a a Republican executive and tends to be more conservative, uh, could not move forward from phase two up to phase three. I, I clearly believe that was the case. Well, and we have seen this before. Uh, unfortunately, we have uh, several examples of this where, you know, King County and other, you know, Snohomish and others are uh, in trouble and either a pause is put in place uh, like it was again yesterday or the metrics are simply changed to accommodate those uh, counties. And so that's when we hear from folks on our show, you know, why, you know, some people bemoan the fact that the governor is is making these decisions we cite those examples. If it was about the science, you would think it would be a little bit more consistent, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, people appreciate consistent honesty. And this has been anything but consistent with the moving of the goalposts, changing of the rules now for 13 months. And also uh, yesterday, kind of, uh, a, dare I say, a little under the radar, the capital gains tax was uh, signed into law. Um, and dare I say, the governor seemed a bit giddy about uh, putting pen to paper, uh, knowing that uh, this is destined for the courts. Um, what did you make of uh, yesterday's bill signing ceremony? Well, you know, Over the years, the governor came out of the closet as a real supporter of an income tax, and he got it. Uh, It is obviously headed into the legal system, but this court has been packed by Jay Inslee. Uh, You get to the Supreme Court, and it's incredibly liberal, as I think uh, three or four of the justices got their start as Inslee appointees. I will not be surprised if the Supreme Court upholds it based on who appointed them and their of who makes a good judge. And I expect that probably in 2022, we'll see it on the ballot. We're talking with 9th Legislative District State Senator 
Mark Shessler here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. Um, Senator Shessler, there was a, a bill that we talked about last week that uh, the governor signed that we thought was quite interesting. Um, we know that there are a lot of professions in Washington State that require licenses. Uh, we know that there are a lot of um, a lot of things that should require a license. Um, but you were one of two nay votes uh, when it came to a license for colon hydrotherapy. Uh, where could you give us a little bit more insight on this bill as to uh, what the need was to to have this be a licensed uh, activity? I, I can't even understand why it was a need. Uh, healthcare providers can already order one from a hospital or a clinic. Uh, it's been something done in the home. We probably have too many licenses out there. And last week when this came up on your show, I was a listener who was busy, and I was screaming out, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I really would like to have been a caller because the growth of government comes incrementally from all of these little tiny things that happen why do you need this when families have done it at home, doctors have ordered it in hospitals? It's just an unnecessary growth of government. One other thing I'd like to ask you, Senator Schesslers, we know that the census numbers will be coming out in the next few months, and we know that redistricting is going to happen at the state level. There is speculation that eastern Washington could be under the microscope uh, for the majority party in attempts to try and carve out some potentially favorable blue or possibly uh, turning some red legislative districts maybe pink uh, by trying to move some lines and so on and so forth. Where are we in the redistricting process at the state level, uh, and what do you see coming as a result or plans? When do you think that they will be put forward uh, by the redistricting um, panel, I guess, in Washington State? Well, sure. We're in the very early stages of our truly bipartisan commission coming together and uh, setting the groundwork, hiring staff, buying software. I would suspect that both sides are uh, doing some proposed lines privately of what they would like to do. Uh, the last time it was done by uh, elected officials, Doc Hastings from our Tri-Cities area was one of the negotiators, so it goes back a ways. Uh, we're going to see a par- portion of a legislative district move into western Washington. I think we'll probably see a congressional district shift to the west or retract from the west due to the growth there, uh, whether it's Kim Shire moving out of eastern Washington to absorb the growth, whether it's uh, uh, Congressman Newhouse moving a little bit west. Anything is possible, but at the end of the day, it boils down to a handful of districts changing, and there's no guarantee in the changes. For example, uh, when we held the majority in the Senate, nobody planned on Andy Hill dying. Uh just one of those things that happened. Had we not held that seat, we would have drawn the map differently. Uh, there's always those unpredictable factors, but like most elections, redistricting will probably boil down to a handful of districts that 
neither side wants to see go to the Supreme Court because uh, both sides can ultimately be losers. Now, Senator Shessler, there's been some speculation regarding a city in your legislative district, and that's Pasco. Could Pasco remain in the ninth? Could Pasco go into the sixteenth? Do you think something that significant is on the table? Um, the ninth district has to lose about eighty five hundred people, and there's two places that easily could change. The ninth district could move out of Spokane County, which is not my choice necessarily because South Spokane County is a great place great small-town America. Uh, or we could see the 16th gain a larger portion of Pasco because they have to grow a little bit. They can't. The 16th cannot grow to the east because they run into Representative Dye in Garfield County and there aren't a whole lot of people there. So it's conceivable that the 16th could uh, take up more of Pasco, uh, depending on how the 8th maneuvers around in Menton County. We're talking with Senator Mark Shessler from the 9th Legislative District here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KUNA. And Senator Shessler, one thing certainly we'd like to touch on is, uh, well, some some new information regarding the attack on the Snake River dams. And um, that, that Representative Mike Simpson in Idaho apparently had some not-so-public conversations with a, another elected official in the state of Oregon. Well, yeah, it was, uh, we got... Uh, email from Congresswoman McMorris Rogers and Congressman uh, Newhouse today that someone did a Freedom of Information Act request and uh, Congressman Simpson had bragged about how open he was about this. But apparently the openness didn't count if he was talking to Governor Brown behind closed doors. That was really disappointing. I mean, I can I can say there's a real hypocrisy with Congressman Simpson. But I really didn't think he would stretch the truth about openness, as this Freedom of Information Act would explain. So, in your opinion, what? How does this damage his his push? I mean, we know that it's a very slim majority in the House. We know that uh, it probably would not get passage in the Senate. Do you think this does any damage to his prospects of trying to get a bill passed through the House to tear down the Snake River dams? Well, any time your credibility is cast in doubt, it doesn't help in public policy. I mean, uh, I am sure that Governor Newsom in California wishes he'd never gone to the French Laundry for dinner now because it sort of blew his credibility. Uh, this didn't help Congressman Simpson's credibility to say it's all open, it's all up front. But, oh, by the way, we find out he's had very private conversations with Kate Brown about how to get there. It will be interesting to see certainly how that plays out. Hopefully uh, things stay the status quo as far as the Snake River dams are concerned for all those that depend on it for agricultural needs and many other needs in our community. Senator Schessler, any final thoughts for our listeners this afternoon? Well, I think one of the things... Two things for the listeners. First of all, a lot of the really bad things that we talked about this session are prospectively, and they're going to wake up maybe not in six months, but a couple of years and go, well, why is the price of fuel so high? Why is natural gas so high? Well, it's it's the effect of these. The other thing is we hear a lot about the 
straight up taxes. But there are the non-budget taxes. For example, we have the fourth highest cell phone taxes in America. Cell phone taxes are going up. That doesn't go to that $59 billion general fund. The other off-budget issue is if you go through a laundry list of paperwork at the auditor's office, for example, a quit-claim deed, uh, getting a septic permit, uh, on and on and on, that went up $100 per filing from the current $100 and change. That's not general fund, but it's still out of the hardworking taxpayers' pockets. So there's the budget taxes, and then there's the off-budget taxes, but they're all an assault on taxpayers. State Senator Mark Chesler from the 9th Legislative District. Always appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again very soon. Well, thank you very much. Take a quick time out here on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Always a pleasure to talk with Senator Chesler. And, uh, you know, Ed, one of the things that he mentioned about the price of gas, I, I, uh, the last time I spent over 50 bucks to fill out my car was, uh, I think, 2015. Yep. Guess who was in charge back then? Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline 509 547 1610. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547 1610 is the number if you want to get involved. CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. Right now through Mother's Day, 30% off. $100 or more. Any purchase $100 or more, you will save 30% off of that total bill. 100% all natural CBD products backed with a 100% 30-day money-back guarantee. They're across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater and Kennewick. And Saturday mornings at 930, you can tune in to the CBD American Shaman Show right here on News Radio 610 KONA. So uh, certainly... Much discussed with Senator Schessler just a few moments ago uh, when he joined us on the program. Um, you know, it's interesting as things do continue to go up. He alluded to that at the end. I mean, I think if I saw it correctly, lumber is up like 400%. Yeah. Um, there are people that are considering selling their houses for spare parts. That's yeah. how much lumber is up. Right. Um you know, there are people looking at putting up vinyl fencing instead of wood fencing because of how expensive well, lumber yeah. is at this point. But, that, you know, that's one of the other interesting things is we look at, and this is something I don't think a lot of people have dove into, is we talk about how much home prices are right now. Well, home prices are only going to be getting higher because of the current cost of lumber. Right. And Certainly new home construction. Exactly. And that's not that's not one of those things that you that you get return on investment on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So as as high as the lumber is right now, you know, you see some of these homes that are going, and you're looking, you're going, wow. I, I mean, is that price, is that going to maintain its value? Or when some of these things come down, is this going to come down as well? You never know. Um, but it's very interesting in how some things are up, some things are not. Uh, the price of gas is only going to increase. And by the way, um, whose who stocks benefit? Oh, the large... Oil companies benefit when gas prices are up. I thought Democrats hated them. They do. Oh, but then why do they continue to make them richer? Uh, got me. 
Bottom Line on Twitter at Bottom Line 610. Now, back to the show, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom Line News Radio 610 K18547-1610 if you would like to get involved in the program. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri-Cities. They have been they have been here for 59 years serving this community. First store opened on Columbia Center Boulevard. They've opened three more since then and continue to grow and provide tremendous customer service and products to an ever-growing base here in the Tri-Cities. You can visit their website, PerfectionTire.com, to see the huge selection of tires that they offer. You can also see the huge selection of services they offer at that same website or stop in to one of those four locations here in the Tri-Cities. 547 if you would like to get involved. So over the last week or so, Ed, we've, we've heard creeping out about what some of the public universities, and I say public because one of these was erroneously reported as a private university, and that was when Washington State University made the decision they were going to require vaccines for students returning to campus. The University of Washington has now said that they plan on following suit. But here's my question. They are a public university. They are not a private university. Should they have the ability to do that as a public university? Um, I understand that there are avenues such as remote learning and so on and so forth, but it's a little bit different than what we heard last year when they were saying we weren't going to have people on campus, we were going to do remote learning, or we were going to we were going to try and do it in as socially distanced as an environment. They are saying strictly now that if you do not have the vaccine, you cannot come on campus. And this is a taxpayer-funded entity. Should they have the ability to say that? Well, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, the, the pros and cons are, you know, it, it, I'm sure that both UW and WSU heard a lot from parents, students, faculty, staff about this subject. I'm sure there was a chunk of people who said, I'm not returning to campus. It's not safe. You need to mandate vaccinations. And you also heard uh, a chunk of people, and maybe there was even some low overlap there. And we talked about this uh, last fall. Why would anyone pay so much money for online courses at UW, WSU, or anywhere? Because everyone was doing it that way. Why yep. would anybody pay you know, for all of that? When you could go to a number of smaller online universities that, you know, cater to that and get a recognized degree and get and get kind of the same thing. Um, so, you know, I'm sure the university's heard it from all angles. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? This is Robert from Richland. Hi, Robert. Hey, I've got a question or a point on this uh, WSU policy. And I'm an alumni, so I'm going to speak on a personal basis. Uh, the vaccines we're using for COVID, the China virus, are all granted emergency approval. 
They haven't been through the full process. So why are why does WSU why do we feel it we need to require an emergency use vaccination before being on campus? Just doesn't make any sense. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the call, Robert. And this is one of the aspects when we get into the conversations regarding the vaccines that I think is very interesting and very fair. And that is just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean you are safe from getting COVID. That's correct. It doesn't mean your chances increase, supposedly. Yes, but. But it doesn't mean it's like any other vaccine. Mm-hmm. You can get the flu vaccine and still got the flu. Yep. Happened to me has happened to me multiple times. Mm-hmm. You can get vaccines for certain things and still have a breakthrough. There's no guarantee that because you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID. So the universities saying and mandating that you must be vaccinated before you return to campus, regardless of what the percentage is that you could contract the virus, they're putting out a false statement that that being vaccinated means you can't get it. That's what you're, you're basically you're telling people. You can't come onto campus unless you've been vaccinated. But the vaccine is not 100% preventative against getting COVID. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KNA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys, it's Chris from Richmond. What's up, Chris? I know it's not Thursday, but, you know, um, it almost seems like there's two new classes emerging. And the way I would call it would be the haves and the have nots. The people who have the vaccination get to do special things. The people who don't don't even get to, you know, conduct commerce within common people so it just seems to me like there's becoming a slow separation of society um if we're definitely not coming together thank you well i don't know who's getting that special treatment in washington state because i have yet to see anything that says that if you're vaccinated in washington state you get to go back to normal life in fact we don't even have phase four yet you're up on the bottom line news radio 610 k what's your name where are you calling from it's Mary from Kennewick. How are you, Mary? Um, I'm good. One of the um, things so that they've been saying is that there's a million backouts. So if you have a religious objection, if you have a medical condition, if you have, if you just object to vaccines or whatever, you don't have to get it, and you can still go to school. Then what's the point? So I don't know how. That, that that's my thought too. Is what's the point? I, I think it's more to make a statement than anything else and make everyone feel safer. I don't know. I, I, but it, if you listen to all the fine print, thanks for the call, Mary. We appreciate it. Uh, fine print is is a is a great way to end that take because that's exactly what it is. the The way this is crafted, it it keeps the universities from being sued one way or another, right? We demand our student bodies get vaccinated. So please don't sue us if you're afraid of returning to school amid you know all the, the outbreaks that have already happened on campus. But we will offer exemptions so you don't sue us for 
you know, religious uh, priorities or, or stuff like that. But there's an even more ludicrous element to this, and we'll get to it after we go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K&A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Dan from Pasco. What's up, Dan? So from everything we've been hearing, when you get the flu vaccine, they are like 20 people die because they got the flu vaccine. But on the COVID vaccine, those figures are like 3,500 people, 3,500 deaths because of getting the vaccine. So where does this put the college if they require somebody to do vaccine and they do die because they did get the vaccine? That basically is contributing to the death of that person then. At that point, then, that lawsuit's huge. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely that as well. Let's go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Chuck from West Richland. Hi, Chuck. Hey, I, I, I work for the VA. I'll, I'll lay that out there. Um, and I've been wearing a mask every day for more than a year. Um my point uh, was part of part of my point was um, when we before COVID, we had the option of we got the flu shot or during flu season as an employee, we had to wear the mask the whole time. And I wouldn't be surprised if the university, if they, they give you that exemption where, yeah, you can not not have the vaccine. You'll have to wear your mask the whole time you're on campus. Now, how they're going to police that, I don't know. My fear is that they're going to drive this down a little further in the education system and start making it mandatory at the local schools. But before we comment on that, I wanted to go back uh, about three callers ago, the guy talking about the haves and have-nots. I think what he's talking about is there's some things coming out, like even the governor is saying that there are places where you can have vaccinated sections where whole swaths of people can go to a ball game um, if they've been vaccinated. Yeah, you get separated out. Then you have the scarlet letter for the people that haven't been. Yeah. But here's the thing. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Chuck. We're just here beginning to hear about Pfizer looking for approval for a teen vaccine. Yeah. 12 and up. Right, 12 and up. Now, how many going on to a college campus are going to believe that they, one, are at risk, and two, feel the need to get the vaccine because their age group isn't necessarily getting hit with it as bad as others. Because remember, at least when I was of college age, I was on track to graduate at 21, Mm -hmm. Okay, which meant most of my teens, I would have been, you know, a couple teen years, I would have been at college. Mm -hmm. They're not the group that's getting pounded with it. So you're going to tell a group of people that aren't necessarily getting as impacted as much as most other age groups that they're going to need to get something before they can come on campus when it's not really hitting their age group as much. Slightly older than them, but not them. True, but there you go thinking logically Sorry. when part of this argument uh, there there is more emotion involved than logic you know they listen listen to the people who who uh defend getting the vaccine defend wearing masks defend the lockdowns what do they what do they tend to say they feel like it is their that they're doing a good thing for not only them, but those around them to protect themselves and those around them. 
uh, you know, the, the greater good, the societal good. And they're not they're not as interested in the nuts and bolts of, of logic. So, again, I, I think we need to remember that we're, we're dealing with two different mindsets. I mean, we have been for a very, very, very long time. This is another example of the light being shine on that process. The pandemic, there are definitely two schools of thought, and that includes masks, ma- mask mandates. That includes, for the most part, vaccinations. It's not absolute, but there, you can you can draw some similarities with two distinct groups in just about everything related to the pandemic. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. Back with more after this. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved in the program, Windermere Group 172SoulTriCities.com. What a program. Tell you what, many satisfied customers. House goes on the market, plenty of offers, and usually that house is selling for thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars above the asking price. If you're going to put your house on the market, you need to contact the realtors at Windermere Group 1, 72 sold Tri-Cities. Find a way to get your home in the program. Otherwise, you could be leaving offers and money on the table. Go to 72soldtricities.com. Look at the homes that are currently up. Talk to the experienced realtors as a part of that team and get your house in the 72soldtricities.com program. So we were talking last segment about uh, the sectioning off vaccined, unvaccined, and, you know, again, we've been talking for years on this program about how people are divided, sometimes of their own choosing, Mm -hmm. but by others choosing to put everybody in box A or box B. Well, the pandemic is doing that again the maskers and the unmasker maskers and all this stuff. Now, now the vaccine, uh, the pro vaccine crowd, uh, not the ones that think about it, make their choice for what they feel is best for them, but those that take it a step further and want to go after those who think differently than them, uh, which happens a lot nowadays. There is a new push um, by some folks. There was an interesting op-ed piece in USA Today, uh, a certain daytime talk show with cackling hens. um, That narrows it down. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, tackled this issue also, basically saying that it was time to start shunning the vaccine hesitant. Basically saying, we vaccinated all the ones who really want to vaccinate it, and these dummies that aren't taking the vaccine like we're telling them to, well, they're keeping us from herd immunity. So we need to shame them into getting the vaccine. That is yet another example of how one ideology uh, likes to operate. You do it our way or else. No, we're not going to do it your way. Well, 
then we are going to make you pay. We are going to shun you. We are going to blacklist you. We'll get you banned off of social media. Uh, we'll get you removed from your job. Uh, we'll get um, we'll get you and thus what we want come hell or high water. So this is now where we're at in this country. We, I mean, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. We uh, we are reaching a vaccination plateau in this country mm -hmm. where the majority now there's still some quite a few that are that are either still waiting to get it for whatever reason uh you know that are riding the fence not sure one way or another and they may end up getting it but the ones that really wanted to get it those that really had to get it have gotten it now we're to the point you know where we're approaching in in for the most part about 50%, uh, you know, in Washington and Oregon, and, and that, that's around what the nation is seeing, too. Anywhere between 40 and 55% uh, vaccinated, or at least uh, one of the two shots. And everyone's talking about herd immunity and the goal being at least 70%, if not more. Well, where's that other 20% going to come from? Well, we're short of our goal, so we are now turning to bullying to get those that, uh, you know, in, in some circles. And, and one of those cackling hens that I mentioned, um, it was, quote, white evangelicals and Republicans that were holding up, uh, holding up the, the herd immunity party. I didn't know there was a difference between the two. Well, you know. You got to you got to fit in one box or the other. Oh, you know, okay. you, you, you're either with us or against us. Uh, a new Pew Research poll said that uh, about half of the Republicans are refusing to get the vaccine. This is this is something that this particular host cited. Refusing. Refusing. Uh, okay. Forty five percent of white evangelicals will not be getting vaccinated. Uh, so therefore, we need to come down hard on those two groups. That's what this this uh, cackling hen said. Mm. Um, like I said, USA Today op-ed piece. You're seeing more and more of these uh, opinion pieces running uh, in different media, social media, print media, and uh, and even on the public airwaves. Um, so this is this is kind of the next phase that we're we're going to. Uh, you talk about not knowing what a phase four in Washington looks like. Maybe this is it. This is phase four of reopening is we're going to shame you into getting the vaccine uh, until we reach uh, a percentage that we feel good about. And then we might think about opening up some things if y'all are good. I think if that was the case, though, that the governor would have gleefully already alluded to the fact that I'm going to make you get this in order for you to return to some semblance of normal life. Um, but, you know, I've seen a few things as well. Uh, some commentators, some CNN employees talking about family members should ostracize other family members because, after all, 
forget about your individual freedoms, forget about the ability to choose, forget about the ability to do what's in your best interest. Forget about the fact if you may actually be someone that doesn't do well with vaccines. It's okay if you die, just get the shot.